Good morning. I want to welcome all of you here. It's um, a great crowd this morning, and uh, about 8.30, I was pretty ticked off because it was pouring rain, and I know that's shocking that it was raining here, and so um, I was like, come on, man. This is me praying, by the way. Come on, God, for real. It's rained every day for like the last 150 days, and we're like a 1,000 inches over the flood plain, and we got enough, and it's Sunday. Can it stop? And then the sun came out, so I was pretty excited. So my prayer life's really good. I just want to brag on that for a minute because it was me, but I'm just kidding. Uh, I do want to say that uh, it's week six of Roots, and so if today's your first time, what it is, it's a doctrine series, and it's, it's what we're putting our, our, this is what our strength and our faith is really built in, and without a deep root system, we are all in trouble. And so this summer, we've taken several different things, and we've looked at them. Last week was Jesus. And um, it's a really good topic to preach on. And so today is salvation, and it's kind of a continuation of Jesus, but it's a lot different. And so um, I hope you guys will enjoy this, this talk this morning. Before I, um, before I say anything, I just want to say one thing. I, I'm never going to, uh, if, if you're a four-pointer or even if you're a first-time guest, you're not going to hear me get political. I'm not going to support candidates. Uh, it's just not going to happen. i got a lot more important things to talk about like Jesus, and so um, I'm not going to stand in here and tell you who I think you should vote for and, and certain things. But last night there was a trial uh, that ended, and um, it, social media, I don't know if y'all are on social media, it exploded when the not guilty verdict came down. And I'm not going to tell you what I think, or, and I'm not going to give you an opinion. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that. The one thing I can tell you that broke my heart is um, I wish people cared as much about their lost friends and Jesus as they did on one side of the aisle or the other. And, and the other thing that broke my heart is we're a long way from where we need to be in this country with race issues. And if you disagree with that, um, your eyes are shut. Because there is so much hatred out there still. And it breaks my heart because um, I, I don't, I, it, it just frustrates me. It frustrates me that just because someone is an African American, we can hope for their demise or just because someone is Hispanic, or Caucasian, or whatever the case may be. So the issue that I have isn't guilty or not guilty. And I do have an opinion, and I'll share it with some of y'all privately. The issue that I have is, if we look at someone and we really base hatred based on the way that they look, we're no different than our fathers before us, and our grandparents before us. And we've come nowhere, and that is the purpose of this church, is to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely, and all nations and all peoples and love on all people and I'm just telling y'all right now this is just free I love y'all I hope you I, I'm, I'm gonna try to smile so I hope you know that I mean it if y'all don't like that I hope you never come back that's because that's what we're gonna be and if you don't like color in the church then please don't come back because that's what we're gonna be if I can help it because some of my very 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 dearest friends are of other colors other than my pasty skin and so that was a good time to laugh. Thank you, whoever that was, because I am a little pasty. I've tried to get a little sun, but it's not working too good. But heaven's going to look a lot different than the white church. And so I just wanted to tell y'all, I love you. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into politics, but it does break my heart that we draw such a hard line of white or black or whatever else. And I hope that, uh, hope y'all will get rid of that. It has nothing to do with the message today, by the way, but I, I just hate it. So anyway. I was free. If y'all didn't like it, you can send Austin an email. So that's good. Um, today, the, the message is salvation, and I just want to start with this, with this uh, kind of thought. And it does kind of go along with what I just said. Um, 
for years, for centuries, honestly, uh, different groups of people thought salvation was basically for their group. And obviously the Jews uh, were God's chosen people. And when Jesus came, Paul, his whole mission was to, to help people understand that it's for everybody. It's for all people. And even though we believe that as Americans, like churches were so diverse because we really didn't think it was for everybody. And so now that we believe it's for everybody, and in, in light of what I just said, you have to ask the question, do we really think, do we really believe that every person out there and every person in here can have salvation? Do we really believe that? And then do we understand what salvation really is? Like, I guess that's the root question is, do I really get what salvation really is all about? Because I just want you to imagine, have you ever thought about, like, if you were on an island and you were stuck, which would be terrible, by the way, all by yourself and you had no way off, you had no possibility for shelter unless you build something and you don't have any tools, and so you're all by yourself. You're miserable, you don't have any companionship, and you need help and a boat or a plane comes by, y'all can talk out loud right now. This is a good time to talk back. If, if something came by and you had been by yourself for months, you're miserable, you're baking in the sun, you're hungry, what do you think you would do if a boat or a plane came by? Would you just sit there and kind of hang out and hope that they found you, or would you go nuts flailing your arms? What do you think? Right? You flail your arms and go nuts. Why? Because we want to be saved. We are desperate to be saved in desperate situations, except for your soul, except for your eternity. And that's where we're just cool with going with the flow. I, can't, I wish I could tell you or had a dollar for every person that said to me, I believe what you're saying is true, Mark. I, I, like, I think you're right. But like the whole getting saved thing, man, like it's just, I don't know. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to try the other stuff out. I'm going to look and see how it is. And the desperation that you should have for your soul should be much more than a freaking island or something like that. But basically, this is what we treat it like. It's cool, man. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just about to turn 33, so if medicine's right and I don't have, like, a problem, I'll live, you know, 40, 50 more years, and, and it's all good, and I got plenty of time to worry about that. And what's frustrating is you don't. You don't. You don't know. None of us know. You could have 60 more years. And then again, you could have another week. You simply don't know. And so the desperation that we have for ourselves in a desperate situation like an island, stranded on a beach or something like that, or, or even in a desperate time at our job. If, I, if you could just get me out of this job right now, Mark, I would be so grateful because I hate my job. It would save me. Save me. But what about yourself? What about what, about what matters for all of eternity? I, I'm cool, man. i I'm all right. And until we realize the amount of depravity that we have and the amount of help that we need, saved doesn't make sense. Salvation doesn't make sense. Because to truly get saved is to understand how much I desperately need help. And it can only come from Jesus. And that is what it means to be saved. And here's what I'm just going to tell you this morning. We have a really good crowd. If everybody will listen and be honest with themselves, I think there's a lot of people in here that will get saved. Because I think a lot of people in here will look at themselves in the mirror or be honest with themselves and say, you know what, the truth is I've never been desperate. And I've never desperately needed Jesus. And because of that, 
I've honestly placed other things above Jesus, and it's hurt me. So I want to just give you two simple things. It's not going to take long. Uh, two roots about salvation. The first root is salvation comes to those who confess, confess and believe. Confession means to admit truth or give full loyalties to. Confess means to, to admit truth or, or give all of your loyalties to it. So I was reading this. Uh, do, do any of y'all still read Reader's Digest? This, is, this makes me kind of, like I'm only, there you go, thank you. I, I still do. Like I got to have something. This is a little awkward, but y'all just go with it. Like when I'm, when I'm going to the bathroom, sitting on the Oval Office is what I call it, you got to have something to read. Like I, my rule is if your feet don't fall asleep, it's not a real good one. So, so I got to have something to read. That was a good one. Thank you. So I got to have something to read. And, and after I've read all my stuff and the Internet, and once you read ESPN like 30 times, and I've read my quiet time that day, I want to have something else. So every once in a while I pick up the Reader's Digest while I'm doing my thing. And, uh, and so I was reading through the Reader's Digest. I thought this was really cool. There was, there was a story about manners. And how many of y'all still say ma'am and sir? How many? I still do it. I get yelled at all the time, by the way. We're from the South, right? That's what we do. And so I'll come up to someone, even if they're my agent, yes, ma'am, and I say, how old do you think I am? And I'm like, my bad. I'm just I'm a dude, and I'm trying to be respectful. Don't get upset with me. I don't think you're 100. Don't get mad at me. And so if I'm ma'am, y'all, don't get mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I don't think you're old. I think all of y'all are young. Y'all are beautiful people. I'm just saying ma'am because I'm respectful, all right? So the same thing happened to this kid. He was on an airplane, and he was a young man, and uh, he was sitting beside someone, and, and someone said, uh, they were going back and forth, and this, this guy said, yes, ma'am. And this lady was in her, her uh, early to mid-40s, and so she got offended. Why are you calling me ma'am? You must be from the South. And he said, well, yes, ma'am, I am, but I'm also a Marine. And he said, we're taught to say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, in the Marines. And so she said, oh, my goodness, well, where are you coming back from? He said, I'm actually coming back from being deployed for a year and a half um, in Afghanistan. I've been in the war and I'm coming home. And I thought this part was really cool. Uh, and it goes along with loyalties. And, and she said, um, so tell me about your family. When you're over there and you're in war, do you think about them all the time? Like, is that the only thing on your mind? And he said, actually, no, ma'am. He said, we're, I mean, I'm just going to read it. He said, um, how long were you there? A year and a half. And I'm on my way home. My family will be in the airport I then commented that he must have thought about re, um, returning to his family daily, every single day while in the Middle East. And he said, no, ma'am, we were taught to never think of what might be, but to fully make ourselves available right where we are right here, right now. To, in other words, to have my entire loyalties to where I am right now or else we might be in trouble because we are in combat and we are at war. Because the Marines are, at, those jokers are tough. They're at the front line. And this was what I thought is... Um, Salvation comes, remember, salvation comes to those who fully are committed to or trust in or our loyalties are fully given to Jesus. That's who salvation comes to. And so this is what, um, this is what I read in the same piece is many people are loyal to many things. And uh, this particular uh, site said that, that we have five things that we're more loyal to than Jesus. Almost every person that calls himself a Christian, we have five things. One is our jobs. Two is celebrities, three is sports teams, four is humanity, which if you're loyal to humanity, blessed. And then five is, is even better, is politicians. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And yet, 
Statistics say that we have five things at least that we are more loyal to or rely on more than Jesus for those who call themselves evangelicals or born-again Christians. So our loyalties are so weak because we've never made him Lord of our lives. We've never made him Lord. And I just want to read y'all Romans chapter 10 this morning, and I'm going to go through a few verses. Um, Romans is one of my favorite uh, books in the Bible because it's, it's like a deep it's a lot to chew on. Like if you just breeze through it, you'll miss a whole lot. And you can go real slow. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And it's, there's so much stuff to it. And it changes thoughts a few times, but it's one continuous letter. And in Romans 10, he kind of just lays it out. Look, if you're desperate, here's how you do it. This is what salvation really looks like. And so starting in verse 6, this is what he says. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, you, Who will ascend in heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss, excuse me, and that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Listen to this, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Like you know this stuff, it's near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. And so stop right here. I feel like the majority, and forgive me if you're, Call yourself a, a non-Christian. You don't know the Bible at all. Forgive me right here and just take a play off with me for a second. But for every person in here that calls themselves a person that goes to church, let's just say that, or a person that would claim they're a Christian, you know this stuff is what Paul's saying. Like, church, this is for you. This is my letter to you. You guys know this stuff. This is for you. Stop assuming one or the other for everybody else and all this stuff. This is for you. This is for your heart. The word is near your mouth and in your heart. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Stop right there. What does confess mean? To admit the truth or give full loyalties to it. Doesn't just mean Jesus was son of God and he raised from the dead. I just confessed it. That is not giving my full loyalties to and that is not truly what that scripture means. It means to give everything, to totally surrender and make him Lord of my life. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one, is, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And shame will happen on that day, by the way. I'm just, I wasn't even planning on saying this, but every person, every person, regardless of what people believe, it doesn't matter. There will be a white throne judgment that Jesus will sit on and we will stand before him and he said, he will look at you and say, why should I let you into heaven? Why should I let you into heaven? Friend, why, why should I let you? Like, what's, what's the purpose? He said, I went to Four Points every single Sunday. I never missed. I even volunteered. I volunteered every week. I helped Mark with anything I could help him with and, and I did everything I could and, and my mom grew up in church and everything, boom, boom, boom. We tell all the stuff that we did that's awesome and this is what Jesus is going to say, depart from me. Because you never put your full loyalties in me. You tried to work your way there. You tried to do all these other things, but depart from me. I never knew you because until you give me all of your life and you place your trust and your hope in me, salvation doesn't come from that. And so the roots of salvation aren't based on anything but grace. Grace. And that's what God gives us at his expense. It costs him 
the life of his son. It didn't cost us anything, but we have to trust it. We have to accept it. And we can't just assume that because we do good things or we go through the motions or because my wife is awesome, because my mom and dad were awesome, that doesn't mean anything. It is great. That is a great thing. But it is truly when we place our loyalties and our trust in him that we have salvation. And number two, salvation is for everyone, everyone that calls him Lord. Now listen, the Bible kind of sounds like it contradicts itself right there because it says not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 7. But that Lord, Lord that he's talking about in Matthew chapter 7 isn't the people that call him Lord and make him Lord over them. That actually go under his lordship and say, you are my king and I am following you. It's the people that that with their mouth acknowledge him, but with their lives and in their heart, they never do. And so their loyalties are never with God unless something bad happens or unless they need help or unless they need the rain to stop, right? Because they need to work. Something like I was messing around with earlier. Unless those things happen, in the difficult times and more, more importantly, in the good times, we don't need God. Like, we're good. I'm convinced in this point, as much as any other point, I, um, this country has the hardest time with this than any other. Like next week, our team goes to Nicaragua, and um, I'm not going, and I'm, I really want to go. I'm preaching at a beach retreat this week in Panama City uh, for our sister church, Five Point Church, uh, for their student um, their trip, and we're taking a couple of our students with us, and really excited, but I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row, and um, so I'm not going on the mission trip, and one of the reasons that I'm disappointed, obviously mission work, it's a great thing that we do when we go down there. It really is, but I'm always blessed more in my seven trips to Nicaragua. I've always been more blessed than I bless them, and it's because I really believe the Christians that I meet have truly placed Jesus in lordship, and they don't need their stuff and they don't need all the other things in their life to be more important because truly Jesus is where he should be. And I am so challenged by people that live in a 10 by 10, that's foot, 10 by 10 foot hut made of plastic and cardboard and maybe metal skin if they're lucky. And yet they have so much joy because they have truly called him Lord. And I come back and I'm always challenged and I always do better, and then my stuff always comes in, and I place my hope in me. And I always seem to slip back, and I get frustrated with myself because I realize that my hope is found in nothing less than my stuff and all the other things in life and not Jesus Christ and righteousness. I'm challenged every time. So when y'all pray this week and... As you leave, we're going to take up that offering. I want you to give, but I want you to give out of your heart and out of excitement and not out of compulsion or feeling like you need to. I don't want you to feel like we're manipulating you. I want you to give because you get an opportunity, even though you can't go, you get an opportunity to give back to what we're doing as a, as a team and as a church to what God's doing over there. And we can bless those people. And there are partners in Christ. But listen. The ones that should be desperate should be us. Like, seriously. Like, I always go over there and I feel a desperate need to help them. Like, I want to I wanna hug them 
and I just, I feel so desperate, and then I, we get back, and we talk every night and stuff, and I just, like my heart bursts for us, because we have, if you live in a single wide trailer, or a 10,000 square foot house, or anywhere in between, you have it so much better than you can possibly imagine someone that we are going to minister to in Nicaragua. So much better. And yet our desperation is so much greater because we think our stuff gets us something and the roots and the salvation. And to think that if we, if we trust in this, hard times won't come. Listen, hard times will come. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I, I wish I did. I have no idea. This is what I do know. That if we place our hope and our loyalties and our trust in Jesus, we have hope then. Through the worst of times and through the best of times, we can have hope. And the truth of the matter is so many people go through the motions and your life is desperate. Your life is desperate. You can make $500,000 a year and have no hope and be desperate. You can make nothing and truly have hope and be at peace. And this is what... This is what Paul says to close that thought is, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, between black and white, between Hispanic, between any other person. There's no distinction. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone, Jew and Greek and everyone in between, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. What does it say? will be saved. Say it again. Will be? Will be saved. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? Because this week, um, I didn't tell y'all this, and I'm not saying this to brag. I, I might have told y'all this. I can't even remember. But I, I cut my neighbor's grass, and it was real hot. And he came over last Sunday and uh, knocked on my door. And I know him pretty well. I know my other neighbors better. He's a real good dude. He came over and he just wanted to know, kind of like, is everything all right, man? Like, do I need to pay you some money? And I told Leah after he came over, we talked for a little bit, and I said, man, if we can ever help you, I want to help you. And uh, he was like, man, I normally pay someone. Let me pay you some money. I was like, man, I didn't cut your grass to pay you money. It's rained like a 1,000 inches, and we had one day it didn't rain. I just want to help you out. And so in the middle of talking to him, I said, you know what, Leah? If I cared as much about those people, our neighbors, I'm going to say their names, as I did the Braves winning tonight, I would tell them about Jesus because it is desperate, and I have the lifeline for them. I have the helicopter to pick them up on the island that is lostness, and I get to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ every day with every person I come in contact with, either you kick them toward the hell bus or I bring them in toward the heaven bus and I get to show them the gospel of Jesus or I get to be all about me. And my loyalties show up every time I walk out my door because if I'm consumed with me, I will get pissed at people on the road and not show the compassion of Jesus. And that happens to me all the time because I am a selfish jerk. I drive myself nuts because I know all these things. I read in my time with Jesus just this morning in Romans chapter 2, it is time for me to stop listening and knowing all these things and putting them into practice. Y'all need to read it. Romans, Romans chapter 2, 21 to 25, this 
just read it tonight. It's time for me to stop having so much knowledge and put it into practice. If I am person in this room that really calls myself a believer and I know how desperate it is, why don't I share my faith with anyone and love on people and cut their stinking grass? How hard is that? And just say, man, I just wanted you to know Jesus loves you, man. And if you ever want to talk about it, I'd love to share my full testimony with you. And it took him back. And that's so small. It took 25, 30 minutes. And so there's two groups of people in here today as we close, and this is what I want you to answer for yourself. Where are my loyalties really? Because there's a group of people in here, and you've called yourself a Christian, but the truth of the matter is you're not. I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not judging you. Only God can judge you. But he will. Hebrews 9:27 says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that is judgment. Every person here will face that judgment seat that Jesus will sit on. And will every person here, if your name is not in the book, he will cast you out into the abyss or in hell. Salvation is there for you, but you have to get on the helicopter. You have to let yourself get off the island of desperation. You have to stop trying to do it yourself. And I believe, truthfully, there's a lot of people in here that if you were honest this morning, if you were bold enough to say, I'm not going to let my pride keep me in my chair any longer. I'm standing up and I'm doing this right now. Forget what everybody else thinks. I want off this island of death. Now, how about for everybody else? Because I believe there's some awesome godly people in here. What is it going to take for you to care more about your lost friends or for other people than you do you? Because we got to share what Jesus has done in our lives with everybody else or no one else will. We have to assume that no one else will and we have to share the love that we have for others through Jesus. I want everybody to respond this morning. I'm asking every single person. I'm asking, and one of the responses can be just sit there, that's fine. But I want everybody to respond this morning because we have a, this is a desperate situation. So will y'all just sit there as the piano plays quietly? I believe Jesus has spoken to some of you guys this morning, so I just want you to bow your head and be brutally honest with yourself this morning. I don't care if you've come down forward here. I'm excited you have, but I, I mean, that, that doesn't matter right now. What matters right now is that you're just totally honest with yourself. I want to know, honest to God, Mark, I am certain. Man, I'm a Christian, and I know I've put all my loyalties, all my hope in Jesus. I've asked him to forgive me of my sins. I believe with every ounce of my soul that he's died on the cross. I've not done anything magic. I've not worked my way in. I've just placed my trust in Jesus. As high as you can, like your shoulder's going to come out of socket, I want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise it up real high. Mark, I'm certain that I'm a Christian. Raise it up real high. Keep them up. Keep them up for me. Thank you. Put your hands down. Hey, there's at least, uh, it, there's probably more than 10 people that didn't raise their hands. Every person that didn't, I promise I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to look at me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point at you. I just want you to look right here. Look up here. I can't even hardly see you because of these lights, so you don't have to worry about that. Just look up at me. Here, this simple question. What's it going to take? Right? 
What's it going to take for you to be desperate enough to say, I've played games. I've tried for a long time. I've gone through the motions. But I need Jesus. I need Jesus. With everybody keeping their head bowed and being respectful of you guys looking at me, I appreciate your honesty. I'm just going to ask you to stand up right now if if you want to get saved. I'm telling you, if one person does it, I really believe several more will do it. Who is bold enough to say, Mark, I'm the one that's bold enough. I will be the man that it takes to be bold enough to stand up and say, I need Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. My, My situation is so desperate. If I don't get help from Jesus, no one else will. Who will be bold enough right now? I'm just going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to give you a couple seconds because there's at least 10 people. At least 10 people. And I just want to know if there's one bold enough. Thank you, brother. Who else? Who else will be bold enough? Who else will be bold enough to be a man or a woman and say, I will stand up? Thank you. Who else? There's two. Who else will stand up? Who else will stand up? I want to give you a second because there's a lot of people in here. There will never be a moment in your life that is more important than this moment right here. On July 14th of 2013, this is the best day of your life. If you will stand up and say yes to Jesus. All right, what I'm going to ask y'all to do, several people standing up now, I'm going to ask y'all to just walk to the back. Will y'all walk to the back? Jenny's waiting on you back there. I want all y'all to go at the same time. There's five people standing. Y'all just come on. Just They'll move out of the way. Hey, everybody look up at me. Five people stood up and said yes to Jesus this morning. Y'all clap with me. So so here's here's the, thank you, Mickey. Here's the the challenge. This is what I've kind of felt like gut punched um, for the last, like, uh, I don't know, two weeks. I come in contact with people on a daily basis that are on an island of desperation called life. I'm going to try not to cry because I'm so much more worried about the stupidity in my life, y'all. I have so many things. What if we cared as much about the people that are dying and going to hell as we did? Whichever side of the aisle we are on for this trial to happen last night. Listen, I'm, I feel sorry for his family and I'm, I'm going to give I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I'm going to mess up and tell y'all where I'm at. But What if we cared that much, man, about Jesus? What if we really had our loyalties where they should be? What would this church look like? What would our community look like? Here's the response this morning. Mixie's going to play. We're going to close it out. We're done. I want y'all, I'd love for y'all to drop the offering in the offering boxes and and it, some of it be for Nicaragua. I, we appreciate every dollar that you give, but we're done, okay? I want some of y'all to, to turn at your seat or to come up here. You are welcome on this altar anytime. But to desperately cry out for fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, spouses, for your neighbors, for your people that you know are lost, I want you to just beg God that he will use you or someone in your life to save them because that is why this church exists, to reach those lost and lonely and hurting and the least people that no one else wants. We want them. That's why we're here. 
And I'm asking y'all to join me and pray to start targeting your neighbors like you recruit for a college football team. That's what we're going to do with our neighbors right now. We are going to go on the offensive because we are tired of the status quo. I just want y'all to stand up or turn where you are or pray, get on your face before God and beg God to do something awesome because he will. He will. And so will y'all just stand with me right now as the band plays. If you want to just pray at your seat, if you want to just pray at your seat, then that's awesome. But just worship with me as we close out.